Gilgal on the east, east border of, the, of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children, he says this again, repetition in the Bible means something's important. When your children ask their fathers in time, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. Um, it's important for our kids to know that we believe this. We believe this book. I know it's crazy. I know it's absolutely mind-boggling. I've never seen anything like this. But we need to let our children know that we believe in a supernatural being. We believe in the supernatural God of the Bible. We believe this book. This book is a treasure to us. And your children need to know that though the world may mock the Bible that we believe in, we believe in it. We believe in something as crazy as a man rising from the dead. We believe that Jesus Christ died and three days later rose from the dead. We believe in a supernatural realm. And it changes the way we view the world. Our children need to know you believe that. Your children need to know from your mind and your heart, your spouses, your family members, the people that are not Christians need to know that you are crazy enough to believe this book. That you actually believe some of the stuff they think is utterly ludicrous. Myth. You believe it. You are not ashamed to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ nor the stopping of the water so the Israelites could cross the Jordan River. Let your children know, Israel, Pat, fact, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. Like he did that, he did this, which he dried up for us until we passed over. <clears throat> and here, <clears throat> this may be, <clears throat> excuse me, this, this is one of the most important verses in this whole book of Joshua. It's a principle that runs through Scripture. Verse 24. Why does God do what God does? So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So chapter 3 and chapter 4 describes this amazing event that took place, but it also tells us why it took place. It wasn't just so God could get people from one side of the river on the other side of the river in a really cool way. It wasn't so God could do magic tricks that day and everybody would clap. It wasn't so that the people, God was being kind to them and they just really wanted to get over that river and <clears throat> bridges didn't exist. Well, a bridge like that didn't exist then <clears throat> and they didn't have access to get across, so God just did a really neat thing. God says that He did it so that the nations would know that He is God and that they would therefore fear God and believe in Him. And that's why God does all His great works. God wants people to believe in Him. God wants people to recognize Him for who He is. God wants people to be familiar. God doesn't want people to believe in this little mamby-pamby God who can't do much and He's just kind of a nice grandpa up there. He's the living God of the universe. And God says, 
He wants people to know who He is. He doesn't want people to reinvent people. Some people come to the Bible and say, well, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like this chapter or I don't like that chapter. We don't have that privilege or right. God declares who He is and we are to respond to that declaration. It's called the revelation of God. God reveals Himself. We don't get to go in there and go, I don't, I don't like the parts in the Old Testament. They sound too much like Islam. Well, I don't like this chapter. Well, I don't like that. I just, want, I just want God is love. I just want God is love. God accepts everybody all the time. We don't, we're not in a position to make up stuff about God. Our duty as believers is to express the revealed Word of God and respond to it. We don't get to tamper with it, tinker with it. There are warnings in this book about people who mess around with this book. In the same way that they were told, don't you touch the ark of God, God says, don't you touch my word and mess with it. This is my word. You proclaim my message to the world. You don't come in here and make it pleasing to people. As a matter of fact, our attempt to make the word of God pleasing to people will send people to hell. If we toy with this, which is the revelation of God, if we take God's word and somehow imagine, can you imagine how arrogant it is for us to imagine that God didn't know how to write a very good book and we can write it better? If just like, let me give the message. I'll make it more friendly. We don't want to talk about repentance and confession of sin and we don't want to touch those cultural issues that makes people uncomfortable. Some people need to be uncomfortable because as it is, they're going to hell. And that should make us uncomfortable. And the only way I know to do this is to give people the Word of God. And part of it means that we don't necessarily understand everything in this book, but we can't waver from this book, especially when we do it intentionally. And so this is a great little paradigm for us here. God wants us to tell his story. Okay, so I'm going to break this down into a couple of, um, of, of categories that can help us. The first thing is I want us to consider their preparation to cross the Jordan River. The will of God had been revealed to Abraham 400 years earlier and God would raise up a nation, give them the land of Canaan where they would become a great nation for all the world to see God's great plan of salvation. It took 40 years longer than expected due to sinful rebellion of the Israelites. But finally, a new generation had grown up and were now ready to trust God and obey His voice. And God led them right to the Jordan River for three days of final preparation. Do you have a sense of what God is doing in your life? Where He wants you to go? Is there a calling upon your life, a purpose? And this cannot begin without a surrender to God as your Lord and Savior. Are any of you out in the wilderness now and God is calling you to meet Him beside the Jordan to surrender to whatever the next step He has for you? But He's simply waiting for you to stop trying to drive the car and let Him lead. Um, so the first thing is, are you, are you in a position to listen to God? Because before you can cross the river safely, like the first time God was leading them, but they weren't listening. They didn't obey His directions. He told them what to do. They disobeyed God. They tried to run ahead of God and said, no, there's no way we can go in that land. There's giants in there. 
we probably shouldn't do what God says. And so maybe some of you are at a place that you're really not prepared to go forward with God because you're not really prepared to let God lead. So I just want to begin there. If that's you, if that's anyone here, friend, you, you can't cross the Jordan on your own. Whatever the Jordan is, I'm using the Jordan uh, metaphorically. Let's just say the Jordan is any barrier in your life that keeps you from getting where you need to go to serve God. And so whatever Jordan is in your way, you're on the east side needing to cross over to the west side. They were on the east Jordan. They needed to cross over and get to the promised land. And if there is something God is calling you to do, then the first thing you need to do is prepare your heart. And that could be that some of you, what you really need is to be saved. Maybe you're just religious. Maybe you're ever pondering and ever waiting. Maybe you're um, checking things out from the other side. And you're always standing aside, looking across and watching things that happen over there. But you're never really ready to commit to God and just say, Lord God, before I take this step, I need to make sure I'm right with you. And that could just be where someone is here today. And I just want to encourage you. In this situation, they had three days to figure it out. I don't know how long you have. You have whatever time God has allotted to figure it out. And I just really want to encourage you. If you haven't figured it out, then I'm just pleading with you. Call upon God and say, Lord God, I, I not only want to know about what's on the other side of the river. I want to know how to get there. And so I just, want to, I just want you to prepare to cross the Jordan River. Um, I just want you to think, am I right with God? That's the first thing, first thing. Am I right with God? Do I have a right saving relationship with the God who created the universe and created me and the God who leads and guides and directs the affairs of men? Secondly, <clears throat> the second thing I notice here is a consecration a time of consecration at the Jordan River. To consecrate is to formally or carefully commit yourself to something. It is to declare something sacred, to dedicate yourself in the most serious and determined way to vow allegiance, to consecrate yourself. Uh, like, Lord, I really want to give myself to this and therefore I'm going to take time to make this official and real and important. I'm going to up the ante. I'm really going to take a moment. I'm going to pause and evaluate and assess the large commitment I'm getting ready to make you. I want to make sure I'm fully comprehending how big this is. We are commanded, uh, God loves it when we regularly renew our commitment to Him and we are commanded to pray without ceasing about all things. But when we begin a new thing, take an important step in a new direction, commit our lives to an important cause of action, we need to pause and ponder the magnitude of the moment and get alone with God to check out our motives, listen for His direction and blessing, and then promise our allegiance and devotion to walking in His pathway. And I want to share, I've shared this before, but it just fits here. <clears throat> and sometimes I've got markers in my life. I've got stones that I took out of the river, and I mark, and one of those markers for me was seven years ago, and I've shared this with you. <clears throat> you might not remember it, but a big marker in my life was about seven years ago when I thought God was calling me after about 10 years of ministry here. I thought God was calling me to go somewhere else. And I was ready. And I really believed He was 
getting ready to send me to another location where I would continue to minister for him and work for him. I was actually pretty confident. And there were people here in the church that knew exactly. I had shared it with people. But you know what I found out in the process? That God wasn't calling me to a new sphere of influence. He was asking me just to re-consecrate my life to Him. And to listen carefully for what He did have for me. And so instead of leaving and packing up, God was just saying, I want you to renew your commitment to, to me. And honestly, at the end of that time of consecration, I wasn't sure what the answer was. I didn't know. Like, I really was in a, in a dilemma. It's like, Lord, am I going? Am I staying? Do I need to tell them no? The, the place that I'd already taken many steps toward this happening, and I thought, Lord, do I, do I say no? Do I say yes? What are you telling me? The only thing I knew the Lord was saying, trust me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what I want you to do. And I just had to completely surrender myself, completely neutral into the hands of God and say, Lord God, I'll go left. If you say left, I'll go right. If you say go right. That's all he wanted at that point. Come to find out that he didn't want me to go anywhere. He just wanted me to get on my face before him for a new season of ministry where he already had me. He just said, I just really think you need to get on your face before me and dedicate this next season to me. And that's what I did. And that's what maybe God wants you to do. Um, remember, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness consecrating himself to God. Before Jesus um, dove into three years of the most amazing ministry in the history of the world, he spent 40 days with God consecrating himself. And I don't know if you do that, but you need to. Some of you may just like, wind's good, I'll do it. You don't take time to pray. You don't take time to seek God. You don't take time to make your little list of pros and cons, however you do this. And then just say, Lord God, I commit myself into your care. And wherever you lead me, I want to be all in. I want to listen before I dare to step into the river that's like soaring past me. Before I think I know what your will is, I need to surrender fully to you. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what God is going to say to you this morning. You've got some big steps ahead of you. Have you taken a moment? Have you taken that period that God gives you before you step out and really given it to God? Or are you just going to do your own thing, which is always dangerous? Number three, stepping out in faith. They eventually had to step. There came an actual moment when the people had to do something that seemed crazy. With the water still flowing, they had to step forward with their, all their worldly belongings into the Jordan River as God stopped the flow of the river and removed the barrier of water. Too often we want God to remove the barrier before we will take the first step, but faith requires that we obey God even when it appears that it might be treacherous. <clears throat> God knew that the people had never been that way before, and yet He said to obey His voice and step into His will. Commitment can, mean, can be terrifying and it can be liberating. Do you have a problem committing? Do you freak out when you cannot control an outcome? Is God trying to teach you stronger faith and you are waiting for more security before stepping out? Listen for God's voice. 
read God's word, pray for God's will, and get godly counsel and move forward. Paralysis is not a condition that comes from God, but Satan's strategy and design to freeze God's work. Is there an area that our church is afraid to trust God and go forward? We have to remember he is trustworthy. Fear not. Fear is not God's doorstep. So maybe there's something God's calling our church to do, and we as church leaders get nervous and anxious, like, can we go down this road? Are people going to, what's the society going to think? What's the community going to think if we take a stand on this? What are they going to do if we do this? Maybe you're in your life and you're kind of like going, man, I feel like God's calling me to do this, but I'm scared. I don't know that I have enough money or what are people going to think if I make this decision? And we become paralyzed by fear and we refuse by faith to take that step. And God may be calling you to take a step, some step in your life. And the water's flowing and it looks dangerous. And people are saying, don't, 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 don't do that. But you know that God is leading and directing, but he's just waiting for you to be courageous. And then mark and celebrate your progress with God. There are seasons of growth in physical life and spiritual life. How long have you been walking with God? Have you actually ever begun the Christian journey? And if you have, how did you mark And how would you recall your beginning? Can you explain how you actually became a Christian? And what are the other significant markers in your spiritual journey? What events can you point to that display God's work in your life and are real experiences where you stepped out in faith and God led you across the Jordan River safe to the other side? Look back for a moment and recall some of the markers along your spiritual journey. What things can you thank God for that have been instrumental in your conversion and in seasons of spiritual growth? If you had to go back into the Jordan River, what 12 rocks would you bring out and set up as spiritual memorials to give God thanks for and praise? What I really want you to do is I want you to literally think about if you literally had to go back in your life and find 12 stones that were markers of where God has met you. And maybe you're young in the faith and you've only got two or three, but the first one should be your conversion. Can you actually explain? Sometimes people get really, really fuzzy when you ask them to explain how they became a Christian. And they, they really, it's almost like they don't really, can't really say. They don't really know how to explain. It's like, whoa, I was, uh, I believe in God and stuff. And, and they're just like so unclear and fuzzy. And if you have a hard time explaining how you became a Christian, there is a possibility that you never did. And that you're just around Christianity. And you've been around it enough to feel like a Christian. But if you ever come back to that marker and you can say, no, no, there was a point in time. And I don't care. I'm not one of those that you don't have to say, well, it was on this date and this. I know the date because a significant event occurred on that day. Uh, But not everybody actually knows the date. The point is you just simply have to say, I became very aware that I was a sinner standing before a holy God, and I just cried out to Christ for salvation. I knew I needed salvation. If you can't say something like that, then I'm not sure that you've experienced that yet. And so, and also, what markers has God used? There had to be some big moments in your life. Maybe it was a retreat. Some people have had that kind of experience on a retreat, an Emmaus weekend, a... a, uh, missions trip, a conference, a day where something huge happened, the loss of life and God just 
grip something. There's got to be some markers in your life. What can you point to to, to confirm that God is real in your life? Have you got any stones of remembrance? Can you lay down and you go back and get anything from your past and come back and bring it forward and saying, this is where God was at work in my life. And the last thing I want to challenge you is prepare for the next battle. These people were not being led across the floodwaters of the Jordan for a nice vacation, but they were about to march around Jericho and watch God bring down the walls of the city and begin taking the land in compliance with God's plan. What is God's mission? What stage of redemption are we at in this point in history? And what is our personal assignment and what opposition will we face? We do not cross the Jordan to have an extended picnic. We picnic by the riverside to get ready to go on to the next mission. And God is at work and we must move forward with Him. Okay, so um, I just, I just want to try to... I want to focus your attention as we close, and I just want you to think, <clears throat> we're, we're going to sing a, a closing song. And I want you to think about um, I want you to think about if you are right now able like maybe this is a better way. Where, where are you right now? Where are you in your journey? Are you at a marker where you've made progress and you're like super excited about what God has done and you're, you're looking to Him for the next mission? Are you at a time where you just really need to take some time and consecrate your next steps with God? Um, so as we sing and pray... I just want you to think about this passage and think about yourself. Are you on the side where you're not sure that you're ready to commit to God? You're interested in Christianity. And if you're here on this side, just say, I just want you to pray this. Lord God, show me what I need to know to commit. Show me what I need to know. Is there any information? What do I need to know so I can commit? I want to either commit or or head on to do something else with my life. And if you're crossing the Jordan right now, and maybe you're, maybe you're right at the edge and you need to go forward with something, and God's been laying something on your heart for a long time and you just won't ever go forward, you're waiting for everything to line up and be perfect, just simply say, ask God, Lord, is, am I at the place where you just want me to step out? I'm tired, I put up all these barriers, markers, fleeces, Am I at a point where I just need to take that next step? And then I also want you to get on the other side of the river and ask God, what do I need to celebrate for what you've done for me? And pick one of those. Where are you at? Are you on the edge to go forward? Are you in the river looking for a rock? Are you on the other side like, man, I'm at a place I need to celebrate and tell some people what God has been doing in my life? Just figure out where you're at and let's turn to God. Father, thank you for this moment that we see that we need to go forward with you. And Lord Jesus, I, I feel like maybe I, I didn't make a big enough deal in this message in the Old Testament about you. Forgive me, God. I want to do that right now. Lord, we can't go forward without you. Lord Jesus, we have no, we have no hope without you. There's nothing on the other side without you. We can't step into the water without you. 
And thank you that you led the way. You led the way. You went right to the cross. You were our leader. You are the ark. You are the presence of God. Thank you that you came into this world and you died on the cross for our sins. And thank you that you promised that if we trust in you, you will lead us forward. And thank you as we commit to new battles and new things we need to do in your name that you promised to go with us, that you would dwell in us. We don't have to look for an ark anymore, that you come to dwell in us by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come lead us, guide us. Let us mark victories and let us have victories, oh God. Let us do something glorious in this day. Our, our community needs, needs us, God. It needs us to stand up for you. And we need to stand up and shout that we believe in the Word of God and we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are Christians. We are believers. Help us, God, to carry out the mission. In Jesus' name, amen.